Hello, today is October 22nd, 2016, and we're at the Sunset Park Library of Brooklyn Public Library for the Our Streets, Our Stories project. I am Taina Evans, and I'm here with... Ida Lydon. Hi, Ida. Can you begin by telling us your Brooklyn story and where you like to begin? What were we discussing before this quiz? I've already forgotten. What you said about like getting your first library card ever with your... Okay. The thing was I had a girlfriend from this neighborhood, so we did not go to the same school or anything. Mm -hmm. And she was recommending Mary Poppins. And um, she said she had gotten it at the library, and she was a regular visitor, so mm -hmm. she's the one who got me to come to the library, which my grandfather had to bring me because I lived, I guess, a mile away. Right, yeah. and we had a walk. So we would walk to the library, and I got the first library card, which I believe was green, juvenile. Was it called juvenile? Yeah, I think it was called juvenile. It still is? It still is. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> okay, and... Um, I don't know, I think I must have been, I could have been eight, so I could have been probably anywhere from 50 to 52. 50 to 52. Right. And um, I started with Mary Poppins, and whatever, there's more than one Mary Poppins book, I think. At least that's how I remember it, I'm pretty sure there is. And. I've been really going to the library ever since. There may have been times where I wasn't going regularly, but like now, I'm going to say for the last 13, 14 years, I've been going regularly again. But I, I do recall that you remember this library as a different structure. Yes, it was a different structure. It was a charming, beautiful structure. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> it was also like very quiet if you spoke any louder than softly you were reprimanded I mean as a child I'm sure adults kept quiet <laughs> to begin with um, children were not allowed even to step into the adult section which I don't know I guess it, we had no business there anyway, probably. And then from there, and, and when I became old enough, then I did get the adult card. It was white and adult. I don't know how old you had to be. Sixth grade? Seventh grade? Adult? A certain age, 13? 17, well now it's 17. It's 17? To get the adult card. Oh no. Well, maybe you got the young early. adult card? Starts at 13. Well, I don't think it was 17, but then, of course, that was a long time ago. And, um... You said, like, beautiful staircase leading. Oh, the beautiful... First of all, all the woodwork was... I don't know what you would call it, like... Like in an old mansion, you know, carved wood, whatever, highly polished. There was probably a janitor going around here polishing up uh, the brass mm -hmm. and the and the um, the wood. And I remember in the adult section, even in the children's section, big long 
tables. You could sit and read. And I don't, and back then, I believe you could take a book out for a month. It was for a month. But I can't, I, it probably wasn't as many books because I noticed the kids are taking out piles today. Okay, yeah. So back then it was maybe four, maybe five. It seems that way to me. Like I said, I don't, you think you remember things one way, but they're not really right. So then, then when I got married, so I used the library probably, well, I went to work at 16. So um, from the time I went to work till the time I get married, and then I was married a few years, maybe two years with no children, I probably don't think I used the library at that time. That's fine. <laughs> but then after I had my son, and then we moved down here, like right across, and I remember thinking, when I was a kid, this would have been heaven. You know, run across the street and you get new books instead of walking two miles, well, it was a mile here and a mile back. So, but I don't think when my kids were really small that I had time to read. But absolutely, definitely, in the last, let me see, my husband passed away 10 years ago, but he was sick for a while before that. <clears throat> and we, I came regularly and used to take out um, movies. Mm -hmm. yeah, and he was a voracious reader also. Mm -hmm. So he did a lot of reading. We did a lot of movie watching. And I did a lot of, well, uh, I, even now, I take out four or six books. And a lot of times, they're back in two weeks. Because TV isn't always. You can't, I can't be bothered. It's like I can lay in bed and read, and if I fall asleep, so what? When you wake up, you've got the book, and you go back, you know? What were, um, what was the jobs available for a 16-year-old back then? Back then, my grandfather sent me, she learned how to do an office machine called the Comptometer. You could probably Google it and find out what it is. But it was a machine with rows of numbers going this way and rows of numbers going that way. Mm -hmm. And actually what it was, it was a calculator. Okay. So I got a job for the A&P, the Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company, which had a... Um, factory here on 39th and even below 1st, I think. It was called Quaker Maid. That was the division, I guess, but it was the A&P. And down there, they made macaroni, the different kinds of macaronis and the different kinds of candies. Mm -hmm. And possibly also some of the spices. Just those, that's what that factory did. Mm -hmm. And my job was at that machine. We had big spreadsheets that would have like um, the name of the macaroni, how many people were working for how many hours, how many cases, you know, were done, how many cases were shipped out. And 
you uh, computed all these numbers and they would actually know how much it cost to make that kind of macaroni this week or that kind of candy. But even the process, because I remember with the candy, they had a thing called enrobing, which I think is, they never took you to see it, but I think that's when the candies were taken and enrobed in chocolate. So, so all these costs, believe it or not, were you know this much for that, that process, this much for that process, and this was all computed and and then also it had to do with figuring out how many people it should have taken to do that. Of course, I know that the payroll department used those numbers also. It seems very convoluted to me now, but but that yeah, at sixteen, that's what I did. And I got the job because I, the school I went to on Court Street that taught this had two teachers in it, and both of them, I don't remember the second one so much, but the first one actually worked in Quaker Maid. <laughs> you see, so they were, getting <laughs> they were getting their people, although they had people there that were there for like forever. But then they must have had people like me who came, worked there three years. Maybe I, I was there uh, two years, got married, and then worked another two years, and then quit. Because now I was having kids. So they must have had a certain amount of people doing that. So you, you need fresh, <laughs> fresh whatever you want to call it. So, but it would then, like I said, it wasn't until recently that I started using, and now I use the library a lot. So that's, I think, all my... Memories of the library. But, but when you lived across the street, um, what are some of the changes that you've seen just in Sunset Park or around the neighborhood in general? I mean, the building changed. It seems, yeah. <laughs> I imagine the neighborhood must have changed also, except that. I don't remember too much like when I was a kid because I didn't exactly live here. I lived 20 blocks away, which is a real... Um, changes over there. Actually, that part of the neighborhood, I think, has changed less, to tell you the truth, than up here. But I know it became more Puerto Rican. Before that, let me put it this way. Before, that, before I was maybe... 17, you would see Finnish kids, Norwegian kids, Irish kids, all kinds of kids, mm -hmm. even Puerto Rican kids. But then after, probably after um, into the late 60s more, then this area was really much more Puerto Rican. You know, everybody else had either, like I had said something before about like, People come, they have their kids, the kids grow up and move away, and the old folks, look at me. Yeah. I'm living essentially in China, really. But it's, uh, my son is still here in Brooklyn. I just, I like where I live. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't live in my, in my house, so to speak. 
What I mean by live is when I go out and do things, I'm going here, I'm going there. I'm not doing them in my, on my block. Which reminds me that the supermarket down the block from me that was there a year ago is gone. And they, say, they said they were coming back, but I don't think so. Which has made life difficult for me as far as I'm concerned, because instead of walking one avenue to the supermarket, I go to walk two avenues down the mountain, you oh, know. That, yeah, that's so, <laughs> so when you buy the groceries and you're going back up the mountain, it's difficult. Oh, man. And you speak of mountains, you also mentioned a story about Greenwood Cemetery and uh, how we wanted to... Um, okay, what about Greenwood Cemetery? I love that place. That... Uh, they were like a fixture within the community, but... You know, they like, are. When I was a child, mm-hmm. would you like a picture of me in the cemetery with my grandmother? Does that count? That counts, yeah. But do you have... Uh, what is your memory about the... I remember going... I remember going there... Never as a child in the winter, but probably anywhere from... Spring, fall, spring through fall. It was. It it could have been almost every Sunday, every weekend, because it's like going to the country. It's like going to the country, and I particularly love Greenwood because I don't know if you've ever been there, but they have hills and valleys and lake and pond and pine trees. You find pine cones, they have mulberry trees. You could eat the mulberries off the tree. Teeny little roads that as a child, you know, teeny little road going up a hill, wow. I mean, it fascinated me, I loved it. And little wrought iron benches in the weirdest places to sit and rest. I just felt, I, I loved going there. And I knew it was a cemetery and I don't know, because I had a sister a little younger than me. The little mausoleums, they were like the little houses. And we used to look in because most of them in the back had um, Tiffany stained glass in the back. So they were interesting to see. And there's statuary. And um, I just loved going there. And And there was a period of time this guy at the cemetery does not believe me, but there was a period of time when nobody was allowed to just go in and walk around. I can't remember, it was probably late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. You could go and visit, but I, I'm thinking you had to go by car because I had gotten an automobile pass, which I still have. I can scan that for you. An automobile pass to go, and you had to know who you, you know, where you were going and all that stuff. Because there was a period of time that there were a lot of dogs there that were kind of feral, and that people had gotten hurt. I don't, you know, why would, but I guess maybe it depends on who was in charge of the cemetery then. Mm because now they're doing tons of stuff there. They have the people coming to the chapel and they do the book, 
author interviews and stuff. Yeah. I've been to any number of those. As a kid, I never set foot in that chapel. I don't, I think it was kept locked. Mm -hmm. So they do that. They have um, all kinds of tours now. I've been on the midnight. Oh, it's no fun unless you go at midnight. <laughs> they take you for a walking tour in the dark. They tell you for <laughs> Yeah. And they have you sign a waiver saying if you trip and break your neck, it's not their fault. <laughs> oh, God. I just remember that. But they, and then in the cemetery, they have. Um, something they call the crypts. Okay. I don't know, have you seen or heard of them? They're, they're essentially built into a hill, I imagine. I've been there more than once, once in the middle of the night, too. And again, with your flashlight. And it, it's like a, a really long corridor with little um, doorways on this side and doorways on this side. And inside the doorway, there'd be one wall with four, eight, 12, maybe 12 crypts. And the fascinating thing is if you go in the daytime, up on the hill, outside, there's, um, I don't know, there's round, you can see round things with glass in them. And that's the only light that comes down into the crypt, but amazingly, I'm not going to say it's as bright as this with all these lights, but it's not dark for sure. The way, the way it was built and every so many feet, there's one of those things and it really lights the place up very well. But at, at nighttime with the flashlight, and they had a thing there, um, I'm sure you've heard in, in Brooklyn, and I missed it this year, which kills me, where they let you come into certain buildings, you don't get into the rest of the year. New York. Oh, open House New York. Open House New yeah. York. Well, about six years ago, I think it was, the cemetery had this thing where um, they had dancers come dressed in white, white gauzy kind of things. Even the fellows were dressed in white, but they had like slacks and tops. And their, their job, um, it was angels and accordions, mm -hmm. that's what it was. And they would have, they wanted you to go into a certain part of the cemetery and get to another part of it yeah. where they had, who's the famous piano maker? Oh, who's buried Steinway. there? Steinway. When you got to his place, to his grave, his mausoleum, I should say, mm -hmm. they had a Steinway piano. So listen, so to get to where he is, nobody knows. So they had these dancers. I got pictures of that too. Mm -hmm. And they're like in trees, just pointing. Nobody talks, they were like statues, pointing the way. And at certain, I guess, graves also. And I, I, lo I loved it. It was surreal. <laughs> I really loved that. But then, when you almost got to Steinway, not quite. You didn't know where you were. I didn't know where we were going. <clears throat> you heard friggin' piano music. Um, something, what do you call that music now? Oh, God. Classical. Classical. 
something classical. But that was even more surreal. You heard music just like wafting. And it was a girl playing this. They brought in a Steinway piano. And then once we got there, she played piano. It was, it was fantastic. Absolutely, I love that one too. <laughs> See, and to me, this is Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Um, I mean, you talked about a lot. Was are there anything that you feel that we may have missed that you want to include? I'll think of it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the pool, Sunset Pool, mm -hmm. that I lived in as a child. Where, where, what street is that? between 40, la, 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 41st and 44th on 7th mm -hmm. in Sunset Park. Mm -hmm. I know, you see, this is what's confusing. That's why when people talk about Sunset Park and they mean the, the neighborhood, yeah. no. Sunset Park is Sunset Park, the park. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think they named the neighborhood after the park. Yeah. What was the name of this neighborhood before? I think you mentioned that. Well, for sure, we were not allowed to call ourselves no, the other, in the other direction. Oh, my God. No, no, the other direction. Oh. Uptown. Why won't this come to me now? Flatbush? No. Parcel. Oh, my God. 80, in the 80s in the 70s, in the 60s, on Fifth Avenue. Oh, I'll think of it Gowanus. later. No, Gowanus is downtown. This area, like, to me, between, between, until you reach, no, Red Hook is down also. I know where that is, too. But when you get to 65th Street, that's the beginning of Bay Ridge. Excuse me, Bay Ridge. We were not. Bay Ridge, right. or, or else they didn't think we were Bay Ridge. I don't know what they thought we were. Getting back to my grandfather, it's South Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Red Hook was Red Hook because I've I'd, I'd been, been to the Red Hook swimming pool also, right. and to the Red Hook playgrounds. Mm -hmm. Because we had somebody who lived on 19th Street, and when we visited her, a lot of times my grandfather would just walk us down that way to the, you know, to the park. Mm -hmm. We used a lot of parks. There was a playground on 34th and 3rd. It's still there. Mm -hmm. That w that I spent a lot of time in. When we didn't come up to Sunset Park, because mm -hmm. it was either too hot, probably too hot to travel up there in the summer. And then you mentioned, you asked me something, we, we mentioned something else earlier. What was that? Um, hmm. The library farm, did you mention? Yeah, she talked about the library farm. Um, I know it was neighborhood names, but we, we weren't allowed to say. Um, oh yeah, so I don't know, it was South Brooklyn. This is my best guess. It wasn't until after my kids were grown up. Oh, and now we're there. Somebody's using the, the lift. When <laughs> he's coming back. Um, but Ida, this has been uh, a wonderful experience down memory lane. <laughs> and then talking about the transition of 
the old Carnegie Sunset Library, Sunset Park Library, to the to new modernized Sunset. Yeah, it it. I mean, it does have a lot going for it. Like I said, you can come down and get fil you know films to watch. Mm -hmm. You have to come back a week later. Yeah. Although I found out you can renew them. Right. Except when people put a hold on them. <laughs> so I'll call and renew two out of three and the third one, and no, you've got to bring that back. Yeah. Which means I'm going to bring them all <laughs> I've never really borrowed uh, CDs because I have enough on my own and right. nothing to play them on. But, um, well, thank you so much for your You're time. Welcome. This has been a lovely interview. We really appreciate it. Like I said, you see, the longer you talk, the more things you think of. It's very hard to just sit down and say, let's talk about this. Right. Because it leads us on a different path.